At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for listening this week. Big week with the Super Bowl. So we uh, reached out and Boomer Siason, former Bengal, kind enough to come on the pod. Obviously, you guys know Boomer from the NFL Today on CBS and my fellow New Yorkers know him here on The Fan in New York every morning, Boomer and Geo, 6 a.m. So uh, with the history of the Bengals and, and Boomer having a great run there, I thought he was a perfect guest this week to talk about the Super Bowl with the Bengals and Rams. And we also do a lot of media stuff and get into Boomer's career calling NFL games on radio. And he uh, touches on what happened at the uh, Chiefs Bengals halftime where the CBS crew was drowned out. And we get into sort of uh, the philosophy of doing radio and what doing morning sports talk morning radio is like all with Boomer. Then we go into train of thoughts with Sal Akata after the Boomer Sison interview. And uh, Sal and I touch on some Super Bowl prop bets and uh, watching the Super Bowl, what that's like. And we talk about uh, some things we've watched recently. I went on a binge craze this weekend and watched a bunch of shows. So we discuss all that in train of thoughts before we get to the uh, interviews with Boomer and train of thoughts. Just a reminder, if you missed any recent episodes of the SI media podcast are all there on the archives for you to listen to check them out. Brian Curtis from the ringer was on last week. Got a ton of great feedback. People really, we, Brian and I spend about 10 minutes talking about radio row and I got a ton of feedback from people who really liked that conversation. So uh, Brian Curtis of the ringer, he's at radio row this week. And uh, we talked about it on last week's pods. Check that out. Two weeks ago, Roman Reigns, Joe Buck, Jim Nance were on a mega episode of the pod. Nance was on two weeks before that. And then Richard Deitch, Al Michaels, Tom Rinaldi, all recent guests on the SI Media Podcast. So check those out in the archives. And if you could uh, rate and review, that helps. I'll read the review on the pod uh, when you leave one. All right. Let's get right now to this week's episode with Boomer Esiason on the Super Bowl. And then train of thoughts with Salicata right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, perfect, perfect guest to have on this week with the Bengals of all teams in the Super Bowl, one of the all-time Bengals, Boomer Esiason, also of WFAN Radio in New York, CBS Sports. Obviously, you know I'm on the NFL today. Boomer, how's it going? I'm doing great, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on today. So what's up? Oh, what's up? We've got the Super Bowl. And uh, as as a Boomer and Geo listener, I want to thank you first and foremost for not going to Radio Row this week because those are unlistenable shows no matter whose show is. I 
whoever the radio show is. So thank you for not going to Radio Row, first of all. Well, you know, it was a big deal for us because of my tie to the Bengals and CBS and Jim Rome being out there, Maggie and Perloff being out there, part of CBS Radio and CBS Sports Network. You know, we were the show that was left out. Now, I have to tell you, I'm not big on Super Bowl shows. I hate the interviews. Everybody's pushing a product. Hell, I was pushing a product for a lot of those years. So I understand all that. But at the end of the day, being back in our studio, being able to have a normal type of show and a normal conversation, depending on what's going on around here, to me, I think is more entertaining to the listener anyway. I know for me, I don't like having a guest on who's doing a million interviews that week. And for you as a radio host, when you would go to Radio Row, would you hate that you were just part of the conveyor belt? You know, it all depends because both Gio and Greg G and I, uh, um, Craig Carton are really good interviewers and they have a unique way of bringing personality into the subjects uh, that we're talking to. And the fact that I'm a former NFL player and some guys feel a little bit more comfortable maybe with me up there and those guys asking ridiculous questions, that it actually was entertaining, at least for us individually. But we know back home, it doesn't sound right. There's a lot of background noise. It gets a little awkward at times, especially when somebody wants to talk about their ED pills that they're pushing or their extends like Jimmy Johnson did. I mean, those things sometimes lend to funny interviews and awkward moments, but I don't think overall the uh, the entertainment value is there. Yeah, it could be funny for a day, but when you get five, you know, the old school radio, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog in the old days, five days of it, it was un- unbearable. Um, we got to talk about the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But let me just put a bow on two things that happened recently, just since I have you. The first, you talked about it on your radio show, but for my listeners nationally who may not have heard it on the fan, the halftime show at the AFC title game where (laughs) I wrote in my column that your facial expressions were the best thing about it because you were like, what the hell is going on? So you guys knew there would be a concert going on, but you didn't realize the speaker was going to be right behind you during that. Is that what how it played out? that's exactly right, Jimmy. And uh, I saw them moving the speaker into place, and I was like, uh, this is not going to be good. There's just no way. So uh, for those people who live in New York and live on Long Island know that I have a all-star football game, or I had an all-star football game uh, at Hofstra. And I would ring the inside of the stadium with all these speakers, and I'd be playing music throughout the game because, you know, we weren't getting 75,000 fans. So it was part of the in-stadium experience. So I understand all of that. Uh, But when you put a speaker right behind guys that have amplified uh, IFBs in their ear with microphones, those microphones amplify what they're hearing so we can hear. But the problem is they amplified the speaker so we couldn't hear. And I was trying trying to read lips, actually. And uh, I I couldn't hear anything that anybody was saying. And even Nate, who sits next to me, is screaming. I couldn't hear a word he was saying because my microphone kept picking up the the Applebee's song. Yeah. Uh, so I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So I was thinking to myself, if I were home and I were watching this, how would I be reacting to the five idiots standing up there with all this noise <laughs> behind them? And I thought that, uh, you know, my take on things in the moment, at least, seemed to be reasonable. And uh, my producer, Drew Kliski, said, thank you very much for saying what was on everybody's mind. You know, it was great. Too. I had what I was watching it live and. Afterwards, when it re- when everyone realized no one could hear you guys, you and Nate started dancing, and then they cut to commercial. I was livid. I said, just instead of them talking, just show Boomer and Nate dancing. I was, that was good enough. What you know, just, it's live TV, man. What are you going to do, right? I right. mean, that's 
And that's the way it is every week with us. But, you know, we're not normally outside in right. the environment. So we used to be when we when I first started in the NFL today, we were over at 58th and uh, Fifth Avenue right across. Oh, the street yeah. I remember the plaza. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that was a pain in the neck. Yeah. I think really only one show does that really well. And that's the ESPN game day because they capture the the, the spirit of college football and sure. all the people that are excited about, you know, having them on campus. You know, trying to do it in an NFL setting is almost impossible. Yeah. Can you share with us? I'm just curious, like when it ended and you guys go to commercial, what was said at the t- like, did you turn to Nate and say, what the F was going on? Or like, what, what did you guys say to each other as soon as you go- the mics were off? Once the mics were off, we got off that stage and got out of that stadium as quickly <laughs> as we possibly could. And then we got back to our trailer and basically we're talking to each other going, what, what was that? And then, you know, Drew Kaliski, our producer, came in. He goes, first of all, guys, I'm, I'm really sorry about that happening. We had no real understanding or knowledge that that was going to happen. And number two, he thanked us for being exceptionally professional and handling it. And, you know, the guy that's most amazing to me, Jimmy, and people don't realize this. So we're on a jib camera that's floating in front of us. And there's a very small um, uh, prompter. It's about the size of my iPad that I'm talking to you on right now. And it's a, a distance away from us, probably about 50 feet away from us. And JB has to read the prompter in the middle of all of that mm. madness. And plus, it was extremely bright. So the prompter wasn't all that uh, that good anyway. You could barely see it. But somehow, James Brown, the ultimate professional, has probably dealt with a million different things in this industry, uh, seamlessly went right through it and just kind of like made it like we were in studio. I don't know how he did it. I thought he was going to get blown off his chair when it started. <laughs> uh, but somehow he did it, and it was amazing. Well, he's a pro, so I'm not surprised he handled that well. Um, the other thing, I don't want to rehash the Aaron Rodgers thing because it was so convoluted and and crazy. The only thing I'm curious about, because he is sort of um, the type that may do this. Did Aaron Rodgers ever reach out to you directly after that whole kerfuffle? No. no. Well, uh, I think he realized that. I, well, I, I think that he would realize, like most people realize, sane people anyway, that it was an edited piece that was put together. Uh, it was picked up by legitimate news sources that was reacted to by the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, then, you know, Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers, they all have to react to it. You know, notice I never apologize for anything because we didn't do anything wrong. And right. uh, I'm not apologizing for something that people are reacting to that I had nothing to do with intentionally. So yeah. um, it's uh, it's it is a kerfuffle. It's it's unfortunate <laughs> that it happened. But it came on the heels of me, you know, doing a couple of things that I did report on our show. And uh, that have come true. So uh, I don't take uh, I don't take a, a victory lap for those things, but it's unfortunate. I let everybody else fight those battles. Those battles uh, are beneath me, and I don't really get into the fake news, if you will. He just seems like the type that might reach out to have a conversation because there was a when the article came out about him having COVID toe in the Wall Street Journal. I know he called that that reporter actually called him, and then he called them back, and they had a conversation about. I've interviewed, I've I've actually interviewed Aaron quite a bit. And uh, Aaron and I have a very funny story that involves my son. uh, And we rehashed that a few times. And uh, I I would think that Aaron would know better. But then again, he was ambushed, much like everybody else was. And he's also, you know, he's a lightning rod for his vaccine takes and things of that nature. And so he's, he's like, uh, on you know, he's just on thin ice. So anything that's being said about him, he's going to react to, especially yeah. in that vein, kind of like Brian Flores. You know, we're living a personal experience from somebody who's reacting to things that have happened to them. And unfortunately, you know, things happen and, and guys get themselves into a mess. And 
you just you just got to deal with it. That's all there yeah. is to it. Let's go to the Bengals here in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I've been trying all week to think about if someone would have said before the season the Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl, you would have been shocked. But I don't, you know, just because Joe Burrow is so freaking good, I don't think it's, I don't think I am as shocked about it as everyone. But you are, I mean, you are so inside the Bengals having been there for so long when you played there and connections there. Uh, is this completely shocking to you or is it maybe not as shocking as people think that the Bengals made it there? Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, doing one of the Bengal podcasts, I don't know which one, there's about 10 of them. So early on in the season, doing a pre-season pre, uh, type of thing, I didn't think they were ready yet. I thought they were going to be a year away because I didn't know how healthy Joe Burrow was going to be. Right. Um, I kind of knew the dedication that he put towards his rehab because I went out in August and we watched tape together of each other's tapes and kind of did a show for NFL Network. But um, And I felt like he was really confident about his knee. They weren't going to let him play in preseason. So I really wondered whether or not that would impact them early in the season and could they fall behind and then never catch up. Uh, so I have to tell you, I didn't think they were going to make it this year. But as the year unfolded and we started to see like Jamar Chase all of a sudden start catching the ball and the big play started happening on offense. And then Trey Hedrickson, one of their free agent signees, was having an unbelievable year early on in terms of sacks and getting turnovers. I thought maybe they would have a chance. And in a 17-game season, anything was possible. And then when you take a look at where Ben Roethlisberger was in his career, the fact that Lamar Jackson got hurt and Baker Mayfield was playing with a bad shoulder, I mean, all the things lined up for the Bengals really to fill the void, if you will. And they did that. And the game that really said to me that they had arrived was a game that they won late in the season on the road at Denver. They had lost the previous two weeks to San Francisco and the Chargers at home of all places. And they had to go on the road to save their season. And they won a game 15 to 10 at the Broncos. And, you know, that was a point in the season where the Broncos were trying to play to make it to the playoffs. They were still in the mix there. And that was a really key win for them because then they won their next two. They didn't have to play their last game against Cleveland. So they've won six out of their last seven games, including the playoffs. And it's all come together for them. So a little bit surprising, yes, but uh, I'm not surprised at all about Joe Burrow. I knew he was going to be this good. I knew that they were going to draft him number one overall. He is an Athens, Ohio kid, Jimmy. And it's the perfect scenario for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, it's funny. I When the Rams played the Patriots in that Super Bowl, and, you know, back then, people thought Jared Goff was a a very good quarterback. He got the Rams to the Super Bowl. And I remember watching that Super Bowl and thinking, and, and, you know, who am I to say this? I'm not a player, ex-player. But I remember watching that and thinking that Jared Goff was basically soiling himself on national television. Like, he was not ready for that game or Bill Belichick. And I think it's the complete opposite with Burrow. I don't think you're going to see any of that against the Rams on Sunday. You won't see any of that. And remember who uh, Jared Goff's quarterback coach was in that Super Bowl. Presently, he is the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, Zach Taylor. Right. So Zach has been through this. Zach knows what's going on. And obviously, Zach knows McVay extremely well and knows everything. And back, they both know each other really well. So there's not going to be any surprises coming uh, any which way from any of these teams. But I, I will say that Joe Burrow has got, you know, he's got brass balls, man. He does. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. ice in his veins. And he is a guy that he has like a, a unique personality. Like he is extremely confident. Um, he, he's, he borders on 
like cocky and arrogance. Yeah. But then when you interview him, you don't feel that. You just you feel like a really a guy that's kind of mainstream and kind of low key. Um, I say he has Tom Brady tendencies. I'm not saying that he is Tom Brady. I'm right. just saying that in the pocket, the way he delivers his uh, interview requests and questions and all that kind of stuff. He's got a Tom Brady air about him and he's, you know, he's 25 years old. It's not like he's 21 or 22. So right. he is mature. He's been around the block a little bit. And uh, I think he's been a revolutionary kind of, you know, game changing player for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of his. And he, he made me a little nervous last week. I think I said this on the podcast last week um, when he had that quote about, he wasn't worried about Arrowhead. All the SEC stadiums are louder than Arrowhead. And I was like, oh, I don't know if you want to say that. But then he, he actually proved him. You know, he, he, he went out and got the job done. And I actually loved what he said this week. It might have even been yesterday, Monday, about staying away from social media, giving advice to, you know, you don't need to work out, put it on social media. Don't. I think he hasn't tweeted since July. And I think for someone of his age, that's a very, very, because you don't need all of the bullshit that comes with social media. If you're a 25 year old quarterback, you just don't need it. So I, I, could, that was I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine what yeah. it'd be like to be an athlete today. I mean, yeah. the way the fans can get to you, the way like a Kevin Durant uh, will interact with his fans. I look, he's one of the greatest basketball players of his lifetime. So I can understand where he comes from a very high platform and he can look down at people and, and maybe just deal with it and have fun with it. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think the fact that Joe Burrow does not get involved with social media is probably one of the best aspects about him because I mean, look what happened with Patrick Mahomes with his wife or his fiance and right. his brother. I mean, you know, he's all of a sudden become this unlikable trio that it's like, well, why do we have to deal with all of this stuff on social media when we think Patrick is already such a great player on the field? Right, right. Um, if you can, give my listeners a sense of sort of what this means for Cincinnati, having been there for so long, one of the faces of the franchise. You know, the Bengals, you know, there's a handful of franchises across sports that have been laughing stocks for so long. Unfortunately for you, the Bengals have been one of them, but they're coming out of it, obviously, now and with Burrow. But w- w- give me the vibe of Cincinnati and what this means well, I, I think like you say, there's this, this sense that they've been the bungles and there have been times where they have been. And I think most of most of us would admit that. But there's been a lot of times where they've been stable. Uh, you know, they had a run uh, with Kenny Anderson. They had a run with me. They had a run with Jeff Blake a little bit. They had a run with Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton. And now comes Joe Burrow. So Mike Brown, the owner there, uh, the guy that you saw accept the Lamar Hunt trophy in Kansas City. That's the same guy who drafted me. You know, he played quarterback at Dartmouth. Um, His dad was the great Paul Brown. This this family knows nothing else but the football team. That's it. And the family is involved at all levels of the football team. As a matter of fact, Mike's daughter, Katie, will end up running the team when Mike ends up, you know, when he when he dies. So um, it's not going to change hands. It will never change hands. And it runs. It's run a lot like the way the Steelers run their team. Uh, the way the Roonies do. They always are stable. And, you know, a lot of people thought that they were going to fire Zach Taylor after his second year because he had only won six games those two years, two and four. Now, losing two, won him the lottery the year that he won four because he was able to draft Joe Burrow. Then Joe Burrow got hurt. And Mike Brown is smart enough to know, and it's been around long enough, knows quarterbacks, knows coaches. He saw that he had the perfect coach and he was going to marry him with the perfect quarterback because Joe's rookie year, he early got off to a great start. So he saw all of that and knew that Zach Taylor was going to be fired. So Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow right now are the heroes in Cincinnati. The community is crazed over them. 
Everything is black and orange. They're giving the kids off from school on Monday. Hopefully they win on Sunday. And I mean, the, a, a city like Cincinnati really buys into stuff like this. And it's just an air of positivity. Like you can't even imagine, Jimmy. Like, yeah. you know, around here in New York, we're hit over the head with the idiot stick every single day. <laughs> and we're all negative. Everything yeah. comes from a negative perspective. Right now, that's not the case out there in Cincinnati. And that's why great teams, no matter what sport they are in, can really ignite a city and get a city, you know, to all come together and root for one single thing. And that's exactly what's happening. If I ask you, what's the all-time greatest moment in Bengals franchise history? What would you say it is? Wow. Well, it'd probably be one of the two uh, AFC championship wins. I would think that the, the, the win over the San Diego Chargers uh, that Kenny Anderson led in the freezer bowl game is probably the greatest single memory, simply because that game goes down in history as one of the coldest, if not the coldest game in the history of the league. And it was a remarkable performance by Kenny and the Bengals that day. I remember I was sitting in front of a fireplace down by the University of Maryland and I was going, man, I hope the Bengals don't draft me. Oh, my God, I don't want to go play there. You know, it's funny because I was trying to do a little research and I on your Wikipedia page, it said that um, I, I, it says M- Mel Kiper said that you went ballistic during the draft. That was the word on the Wikipedia page, ballistic, because you lasted yeah. into the second round and you thought you would go sooner. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's pretty accurate, actually. Um a number of things happened in the 1984 draft. Steve Young was going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And oddly enough, at that time, the Bengals had the number one pick. And they thought they had a deal done with Steve Young, but he signed with the LA Express in the USFL. That left me as the next quarterback. And I'm figuring maybe I'll sign with the Bengals. The Bengals traded the number one pick to the New England Patriots. They took Irving Fryer. The Bengals then had three picks in the first round, and back then there were only 28 teams. At the same time, the year before 1983, my senior year in college, John Elway told the Baltimore Colts, go screw up. I'm not, I don't want to sign with you. I want to go play with the New York Yankees, right. and I want to be traded. So he pulled an Eli Manning before Eli Manning pulled it. So he decided where he wanted to play. And if you remember, leading into that 84 draft that spring, it's when the Mayflower moving bands came and were all loaded up and they ran out of Baltimore and went to Indianapolis. Yeah. And Ernie, of course, who was the GM of that team at that time and has told me numerous times over the years that I would have been their first round draft pick that year. I would have been the quarterback of the Baltimore Colts and I would have wore the number seven that my idol Joe, uh, uh, Joe, Burt Jones wore. And I would have been playing in Memorial Stadium, which would have been a dream come true for me. But they moved. I had a press conference that I never want to play for the Colts because of all my family and friends in Baltimore were pissed off at him. Right. And uh, I fell to the second round. And Sam Weish picked me with the fourth overall pick of the Bengals in that draft. And he called me and he said, uh, you want to come and play in Cincinnati? I said, man, I thought you guys forgot about me. <laughs> and I was that's how I, I would in Cincinnati. So what does ballistic entail? Like just cursing and punching the table and, the, and, the, and stuff like that? I was in my college dorm room with my college dorm with my college roommates and I was pissed. I really, you yeah. know, cost me a couple of million dollars. I could tell you that. Right. And two of my teammates at the university of Maryland did go in the first round. They did go before me and, and to their credit, they waited for me so we could have a combined press conference for the three of us that were drafted in the top 38 picks. Cause I went number 38. So yeah, I was pissed. Yeah. It cost me a lot of money. I put a lot of time and effort into it. I went down to the NFL Combine despite separating my left shoulder in my final college game, the Citrus Bowl. 
And uh, I went down there, met everybody and tried to impress everybody that I was a fighter, that I was a competitor. And it, I think it really backfired on me. Right. All worked out in the end, though. Eventually. With the Bengals. Um, just to circle back, I, I, I just want to give you my all-time greatest moment in Bengals franchise history. Because if anyone doesn't know about it, go on YouTube and look. Sam Weish, you're not from oh. Cleveland. That's yes. the greatest. That's the greatest moment in Bengals history. It is. That is. Oh, you, know, you know, I because I I I have you know I I write a column and have been working online for so many years. I I'm a, my brain just automatically goes to imagine if this happened when Twitter was around, and yes. that is a that's a classic. If that if Twitter was around for Sam White to, to see an NFL head coach grab the microphone of the stadium and and scold the crowd an all time all right, moment. All right, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What stadium at that point in time has a microphone on the field? Nobody. It, Only the Bengals. And do you know why the Bengals had a microphone on the field? Why? I'm dying to know. It's the only PA announcer in the history of any sport that I know of that was actually roaming the sidelines behind the visiting team announcing the game from the field. And his name was Tom Kinder. Oh my and God. there were two there were two people who took that microphone from him and actually spoke into it other than Sam Weish. And they were players. One was Joe Theismann of the Redskins. And the other was me when I came back there in a preseason game with the Jets, I think it was. And we, cause we knew the microphone was there and we right, just right. wanted to hear our voice come over the, the loudspeaker. So imagine me, the starting quarterback of the Bengals watching my head coach trot across the field via the opposing team sideline. I think we were playing the Seattle Seahawks. And he picks up that microphone from Tom Kinder, the PA announcer, on the sideline and does what he does and says what he says. But that was just one of probably about 30 Sam Weish moments. That's why I didn't think of it as the yeah, all-time yeah. greatest moment. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's such a perfect video. And, you know, the scene, the weather and the everything about it, you know, and then, you know, you're not from Cleveland. That line is just. Well, know, that's perfect. that's because he was reacting to what happened the week before in Cleveland. There were snowballs being thrown at, at a field goal kicker in Cleveland, and it was a big story. Right. right. So the next week, of course, we play at home. There's snow. And there's a couple fans throwing at the, I guess, the field goal kicker of the Seattle Seahawks. Hence, that's why he ran across the, he ran across the <laughs> he field. Did, yeah, I mean, that way, he did a sprint. Say, that, it was yeah, a sprint. I say, yeah. I want to say, like, I think Chuck Knox was the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Probably was right. going, what in the hell yeah. is going, going on? And that's why, that's how when I say it's know. a perfect video, that's a huge part of it is the full-blown sprint. He's got the arms going and everything. It was great. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I, I want to talk about some radio stuff because you've been on the radio here in New York for so long, but let's just put a bow on the Bengals. Um, how do you see it playing out Sunday? Uh, close game? I, you know, I, I, I do know that the Bengals have a severe disadvantage. The right side of their offensive line is going to be overmatched by, you know, Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And you know that Raheem Morris is going to have Aaron Donald to the defense's left, the offense's right. They're going to try to single him up either inside on the guard or outside on the tackle. And they'll do some other things inside to try to occupy other blockers. And somebody's going to have to try to block him one-on-one. And the good thing about Joe Burrow, two things. Number one, he does get the ball out of his hands relatively quickly. And number two, if he is sacked, he hasn't fumbled. So he does a good job of controlling the football you know, he's like the anti-Daniel Jones, if you will. So Daniel Jones has been known as fumbling. So defensive coordinators say, get near him, knock the ball out of his hands. It's going to happen. Uh, that has not been the case with Joe Burrow. So uh, I, I do like the Bengals. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I want him to win. Uh, I want to become an afterthought in Cincinnati. I don't want everybody always reflecting back 33 years to the last time we did something. And this team is making its own mark and it's making its own memories and I believe they're going to win on Sunday. I really do. I think a lot of things have gone their way, and uh, I think they'll continue to go their way because I think they're good enough. It's amazing they were able to get to the Super Bowl with Jamar Tra- Chase having drops in preseason. How did they overcome that to get here? It's amazing. I mean, it was it, it's just unbelievable that they were able to do that. I mean, talk about the most blown out of proportion, dumbest narrative storyline in the history of the league was Jamar Chase might not be good because he had drops in preseason games. I mean, <laughs> well, everybody was wondering – because they hadn't seen him. You know, he took off for COVID. So he didn't play that final year at LSU. So nobody knew. And interestingly enough, I think it was around week five or six, I think I interviewed him for the NFL today. And I did ask him about that. I asked him about his drops and things of that nature. But if you watch him, Jimmy, sometimes he tries to catch the ball like a weird way. And it's just a natural thing for him to do it. Like he doesn't, he's not always the way that you would want him to catch it, but sometimes his hands are like backwards. And for him, it's natural. For us, it looks kind of unique. And we all say that maybe that's why he drops balls. But he has enormous hands, by right. the way. And uh, we're in, a, in, a, in a league that is just obsessed with hand size, uh, Joe Burrow has one of the smallest sets of hands of all the quarterbacks in the league, believe right, it or right. not. Yeah. But uh, good for Jamar, and he's a good kid, and obviously a really great friend to Joe Burrow. It was just amazing that as soon as the regular season started, the drops stopped. So. Don't take preseason seriously. That's I think that's the lesson here to take away. And the other th- the other thing with the Bengals that I loved, I wish he got more play. But the kicker is Evan McPherson is an unbelievable story. I mean, the guy's a rookie, and he is just banging every kick like there's no tomorrow. It's unbelievable. And you know, kickers are usually, you know, they usually disappoint you here and there. But he's been to me. That's almost that's top three stories of the playoffs. I think. Yeah, he was the only drafted kicker in this past year's draft. He was a fifth-round kicker out of Florida. And his personality is much like Joe Burrow, but he's actually a little bit more outgoing than Joe Burrow. He'll be warming up on the sideline to kick the guy, you know, the game-winning kick to go to the AFC Championship game in Tennessee, and that was not an easy kick. He's warming up, and he goes, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game as Great he's warming story. up. Yeah. And uh, and I think he felt the same way last week uh, when he went out on the field against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game to get them to the Super Bowl. Great story. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about your career because in researching, you know, 
it blows me away that you've been at the fan since 2007. I mean, that's a long, long time now. I mean, I remember those days when, you know, the whole Imus thing happened and it doesn't feel like it's that long ago. But then I also, in reading up, I hope this is accurate because this is what it says. You've done 19 Super Bowls on radio. I did 19. I'm done. 19. Yeah. So I started with the um, the ABC one between the Rams and the uh, Titans. Titans. Yeah, that was on TV. Yeah. Right. And then after that, every single Super Bowl up until when did I quit Westwood one about two years ago? So, yeah. So I did 19 Super Bowls. Yeah. No. Give me so you did Monday Night Football. You've done TV, TV versus radio. What, what's the? Is there a bigger challenge with radio? What football on radio? I don't think you know. Everyone waxes poetic about baseball on radio, um, but football on the radio is a different kind of. I mean, Kevin Harlan is so great doing play by play on radio. What was that experience like? You know, doing it on radio. Um, I would say working with Marv Albert, um, Kevin Harlan, Howard David. Dave Sims a couple times. Did you I mean, work with Ian? I uh, worked with Ian a few Thursday yeah. nights. Yeah, so you know these guys were all professionals, and the radio thing allows you to explain more. You're not beholden by the pictures that people are watching at home. There's no telestrator to worry about. There's no promotional drop-ins uh, for TV shows coming up and things of that nature. There's a lot of yeah. live reads and things like that, but. It's just it's just two guys watching a football game and talking about it. And if the game goes south, then it turns into almost like a sports talk show. At least that's what I tried to make it. And uh, most of the guys really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I just, you know, my, my experience with ABC wasn't the greatest my first two years. So I needed to really refine my way. And in 2001, I went out to uh, Fox and was a part of their Fox Sportsnet show with Jay Moore and Marv Levy and Billy Ray Smith and I think it was Chris Morton. Yeah, it was great, but it's great. It was a really good thing for me. And then 9-11 happened and mm-hmm. all of that. That whole season kind of is a blur now. And then that's when I got the job for CBS. And then I kind of got back into it with Jim Nance and then, of course, Greg Gumbel and now James Brown and all the different cast members that we've had on the NFL today. I, you know, I just, you know, I just I love being a part of it. I love being in the mix, especially here in New York. Uh, but it's been it's been a great run. It really has been. And uh, sometimes getting fired is a good thing. You know, you just got to make the most of your next opportunities. See, since you brought it up, I, I had Al Michaels on this podcast back in November and asked him about because there's all this there was all the stuff in the press that you guys didn't get along. And he said he felt like it was blown out of proportion. Do you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He and I have seen each other before. Yeah. Um, you know, initially it stings uh, anytime. Like, you know, I had my Brian Flores moment. You know, you get fired. And that's your experience. And then you react to that experience. And sometimes you're over emotional, um, you know, but he works with Chris Collinsworth. Now he worked with John Madden. You know, I hear, you know, I, I still watch their shows. We don't disagree with anything he really does on TV. I think he's, he's a savant when it comes to doing football games. He's great. Maybe you, <clears throat> maybe you, for us. Maybe you and Al can reunite on Amazon on Thursday nights. <laughs> yeah, just what I need another job to go fly to and then fly back on Friday morning. I'm sure Gio and the boys would love that. So I have to. So back when, so I remember back when you were doing the the games on radio on Monday nights, and I always, and I knew you were doing radio in the mornings. I always thought to myself, just as a media follower, I, I would say to myself, I don't understand how he can do this. How you can call a Monday night football game and do a six a.m. radio show. And there was a part of me that didn't understand why someone would want to do that. And I, I think I maybe read some things you said. I mean, 
is it true that you were just trying to do as much to make as much because you have this foundation that you've done an unbelievable job with for your son, Gunner, who, you know, if you're a Sports Illustrated uh, follower, yep. this famous cover of you and Gunner on the cover with Gunner uh, being diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And I, I know he's come such a long way, married, just had a kid. Was was that a reason for so many jobs? Because I know you, you've been working so hard with the with the Boomer Sison Foundation and trying to find a cure for cystic fibrosis. Yeah, you know, I was one of the first athletes that used the NFL as a platform. And uh, I made no bones about it, no apologies for it. And the NFL gave me this amazing platform to be able to tell our story. Nobody had ever really done anything like that before. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I ended up taking a Monday night football job instead of staying an extra two years, maybe in the NFL, wallowing in relative obscurity. I wanted to really you know, break out. And ABC also gave me the platform as well. So is CBS. So is Fox. Uh, Westwood One, uh, WFN Radio, CBS Radio, Odyssey Now. And it is all a part of creating that platform so I can get my voice heard for something that affects only about 30,000 people in our country. And, you know, here we are almost $200 million later. And uh, Gunner is now 30 years old. When he was diagnosed, Jimmy, he was uh, expected to live to about 19, maybe go to college. And not only is he living, I mean, he, as you just pointed out, he got married last year. Uh, they just had their first baby. He is the biological father, which is virtually unheard of in the cystic fibrosis world. Um, they did IVF, and he is the uh, biological father. So he took a needle to the area that you and I would not want to take a needle to uh, in order to become that father. So um, all of the stuff that I've been trying to do over the years, while it's great for me, it's great for our family, and I do very well financially, it's also to promote what we were doing cystic yeah. fibrosis-wise. And uh, that I'll never make an apology for, and I'll continue to do that as long as that, that need is still yeah. out there. I felt like a jerk because I would say to myself, I don't know why this guy does this. And then when I read that, I said, well, now it makes sense because I just look at it from the standpoint of like, OK, he's doing a radio show at 6 a.m. on Monday, doing a game Monday night. And then he's on the radio. It's like, you know, so then I read that and I'm like, well, now it'll because I will say, you know, not to kiss your ass because you're on here. But if you go through what any athlete has done with any charity, I'm not sure any, anything will ever top what you guys have done with cystic fibrosis from the money you've raised, the awareness. And then you point it. And I, and I have to say, I had a little fun at your expense with your son um, when he got married because I wrote a, you. So let me I, I just want to for the listeners, get it clear. Yes. Your son got married on the day the Islanders had a game six or game seven. Game six. And game six. And your son-in-law is is on the Islanders married to your daughter. So right. there was that conflict there. And I think any <laughs> sports fan can relate to that. You know, we you know, I know if a friend of mine gets an invitation for, you know, whatever christening, whatever on a Sunday during the football season, people flip out. So you had like one of the ultimate sort of uh, conflicts there. Well, <clears throat> it's a conflict because. A radio show has to be a show and it has to entertain people. Yeah. So normally I'm a Ranger fan. Right. My son-in-law plays for the Islanders. My daughter's a turncoat, especially. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was game six. And he my son-in-law is supposed to be in the wedding because Gunnar wanted him to be a groomsman. And Gunnar and my son-in-law are very tight. And I and when my son-in-law came along in Gunnar's life was very important. It was really, they have an amazing relationship and Gunnar got so much out of Matt Martin uh, and learned so much and just, they became really close friends because they're close in age. And it was great to see. 
So, of course, he invites him to be in the wedding party. And then the Islanders' season gets moved back because they start late because of COVID. Right, right. And then, That's of course, they make the run to the final, the finals in the Eastern yeah. Conference. So it runs right into the wedding. So now, of course, my guys on the radio show have to make a whole thing about this conflict. Is Matt going oh, to the thing. wedding? Is it going to play a place? It yeah. is a thing. And uh, a thing. Islander fans, I think, were getting mad at me because I said, I expect them at the wedding and all this other stuff. I was just kidding. And then, of course, yeah. lo and behold, that night, Gunnar announces to us that he and his wife are pregnant. So we're right. already on cloud nine, can't even think straight. And then it turns out that Matt ends up scoring the winning game winning goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning in game six. Uh, I mean, what a perfect night. What a just an absolutely perfect night. What a story. It's amazing. Um, I know you've done, I've kept you long enough. If you give me just five more minutes on a couple of radio things, I'm fascinated by morning radio. I'm, yeah. I'm curious because you've done it now, like I said, since 2007 at the fan, does the grind, is it like, is it just, this is your life. This is when you have to wake up or is it still a pain in the ass to do a show at 6am every morning? <laughs> it's not a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah, uh, if I didn't love what I do, I wouldn't do it. <clears throat> and they did ask me, excuse me. They did ask me to move to the afternoons, you know, when Mike left and they were thinking about reuniting me and Craig and all that other stuff. And, and I was like, man, I don't want to leave the morning. I mean, like, look what we built here. And when I was saying we, I mean, you know, also Eddie Scazzeri, Al Dukes, Jerry Recco, Bobby Dwyer. I mean, we all built it together. And, you know, I wanted to stay there. And I know those guys wanted to stay there. Um, I could have easily went to the afternoons. But then I was like, then my whole life is going to change again. I, you know, I got this routine. I got it all down. I understand what's going on. I know what my responsibilities are. And there's nothing like, Jimmy, I'm telling you, there's nothing like being the first behind the mic after a big game. Right. You know, it's one of the reasons why I think I decided not to go out to the Super Bowl this year is because I want to be able to watch it and then talk about it the next day uh, coherently yeah. and not be drunk or hungover from being at the game and watching the game with my former teammates. So, um it's it's a it's a it's a labor of love for sure, but uh, I think both Gio and I and the rest of our crew don't mind getting up and getting our day started because I get out of there at ten thirty and I can be on the golf course by noon. Yeah, and I I've become a big fan of your show, and I know a big reason why this is going to go. I, I mean, it's going to sound weird saying this on the sports media podcast is that you guys don't just do sports for three hours. Uh, you know, I don't know what talk radio state sports talk radio stations are doing around the country, but it does seem more and more. I mean, I do this even here on the podcast with, you know, I do, I do a segment actually with one of your colleagues, Alicata comes on every week and we do a segment where we barely talk about sports. It seems like sports stations that don't do sports, it's becoming more and more of a thing. How do you feel about that? Well, we've been that way since uh, me and Craig started. Now, everybody was wondering about what we were going to do and how we were going to react. And, of course, the foundation of the station is sports. So a lot of right. things, you know, go around the Mets and the Yankees, the Knicks, the, you know, the Rangers, the, you know, whoever, uh, the Jets, the Giants, whatever the story may be. But it's always going to come back to who we are, I believe. Um, you know, I have now a partner who's got two kids under the age of four. Uh, my producer is a single guy who lives in Bradley Beach in a condo. I got, uh, you know, my board op, uh, he and his wife uh, do yarn things around Christmas time. I don't know what the hell that is all about. I got Jerry Recco doing Rutgers games and doing uh, pre and post and halftime for the Dallas Cowboy Radio Network. So we got a really great thing and people in different stages of their life. And I think part of talking to our audience 
is reliving some of the experiences that we have that I know that they have. Right. And I know you and I started, uh, you know, talking about, you know, road on Long Island, the roads on Long Island and what a pain in the ass it is and how we all have that in common. Yeah. And it's probably one of the reasons why there are so many comedians from Long Island, because yeah. we all deal with the same bullshit. And uh, and it actually is quite funny when you think about it. I tell my family members who all live on Long Island, we're all in Nassau County. You have to be an idiot to live on Long Island. And yet we all do it. I mean, between the, what we pay, the road, you know, everything. But here we are. So it's, it's, it's true. Um, and the, the last thing is, you know, I don't know what it's like around the country, but, you know, we're in this changing media landscape. You know, people think TV is dead and it's all about streaming, although not with the NFL. And we're in a streaming world. We're in a podcast world. We're in a listen to whatever you want world. But here in New York, the fan is still such a big thing. You know, I say this to Sal all the time. I'm like, especially when he got the permit over. I'm like, the fan in New York is even in this day and age is a major, major thing. I don't know what it's like. I'm sure EEI is the same way in Boston. Or, um, but I feel like whatever happens with radio, the fan is an institution here. Well, it is. I mean, you know, certainly sports is a big part of it. You know, I think demographics are changing, though. Uh, a lot around here, especially. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, there's there's more and more types of people that live here. There are more and more, or I should say there are less sports fans. Um, you know, more people interested in more, you know, a different aspect of society, but in a good way, it's all good. It's all different. It's a melting pot. It's what, make, it's what makes New York truly special. But uh, to me, <clears throat> when the Yankees or the Giants or the Rangers or the Knicks are good, or yeah. the Jets are good, or the Mets are good, Man, there is nothing like it. There's nothing like being in the middle of all of that, whether it be the Matt Harvey, you know, uh, should he pitch the ninth inning or right. Rex Ryan taking his team to the AFC championship games or the Giants going on unexpected Super Bowl runs or the Yankees winning a World Series. I've been a part of all of those things. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you from a radio standpoint at the fan, man, just the engagement with the yeah. people out there and the passion of our fans here in New York. There's really nothing like it. And we're kind of going through it now a little bit. We go through it more with coaches than anything else because we're firing coaches left and right. Um, but <laughs> I think I think quarterbacks here, uh, top-end athletes like Julius Randle is going through it right now. I think James Harden's feeling a little bit of what it means to play here and how hard it is to play here. So there's always something. There's always some yeah. drama to discuss in the, in the sports world. And I always say the biggest tragedy for New Yorkers who may be – I don't know, 25 years or younger, maybe even, I don't know, maybe now it's even 30 years old. Uh, the, the people who couldn't experience what the Knicks were like oh. when they were good. People don't, I mean, I sort of feel, and maybe I'm biased because I'm a Yankee fan. I know you're a Met fan. I, whatever has happened with the Yankees over the last 20 years, that intensity, the winning, the city being behind it, it was just like that for the Knicks. People don't understand that. The, the Knicks were right on that Yankee level for all those years with Riley and Van Gundy. And now it's been 20 years of, of, of an embarrassment, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I just uh, as growing up a Nick fan and, and being a Walt Clyde Frazier guy, I had to have his Puma Clydes. You know, that's what I was yeah. playing in at East Islip High School when I was playing. But, um, you know, watching the playoffs last year and watching how the Nick fan came out to support the team. And unfortunately, they lose to the Hawks uh, was really disappointing. And then this year has just been a total collapse yeah. and disaster. And they brought the wrong people in. And now all of a sudden we got to look at the decision making again. You know, they I thought they got it right with Thibodeau. Um, you know, and I really do believe that. And I know he's a grinder and I know he, you know, preaches and practices hard. And I kind of like that. 
But, you know, the Knicks have never been able to get a major star here in his prime since Patrick Ewing. I mean, Carmelo, yeah. I don't know what that whole thing was all about. You know, I yeah. mean, and then you had Julius Randle, who's not really a top-end star. He's not even a top-20 player, I don't think, in the league. So no. it's uh, back to the drawing board for the Knicks, yeah. I can say that. Last thing, anything special planned for Monday morning on Boomer and Geo if, if the Bengals win? What do we got going on? Uh, well, if the Bengals win, I might have to do something special. But, you know, yeah. let's just keep like, you know, let's not touch the money there, Jimmy. If you've learned one thing from listening to me on the radio, mm -hmm. never touch the money. So I'm not planning anything, but I will adjust my plans if things go the right way. I, uh, Last night, the Knicks played the Jazz, and I bet over 23 and a half points for Donovan Mitchell. He had 21 at halftime, and I texted oh. a friend, if I lose this one, it's going to be the worst loss of my life. And he said, you shouldn't even put that out there. I was like, you're right. I shouldn't put that out there. But, you know, it ended Don't up working. I said, watch him sprain his ankle. I know. Yes, yeah. I know, but you got to be careful about stuff I, like that. That's, you do. You know, that's a real yeah. thing. That is a real thing. I agree. I'm, I'm a big believer in karma and jinxing. Big believer in it. But that's because I'm a degenerate <laughs> hey. sports gambler, so that comes into play there. Um, Boomer, I appreciate you coming on. I know uh, you, you are you doing like a million radio hits this week? Yeah, I'm pretty busy this week yeah. and uh, it's pretty good, but I can do it from the comforts of my home. So as long as I'm not traveling, if I was out in L.A., I'd be in the back of a car going from, you know, different venues and different parties and different yeah. appearances. So uh, yeah. this way I can enjoy the Super Bowl and relax right here in New York. Well, good luck to the Bengals and uh, Appreciate you coming on NFL today. That's done for this season, but we'll see Boomer on there next season in, uh, in New York, WFAN every morning from six to 10 Boomer and Geo. Boomer. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You got it, Jimmy. Thanks, man. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. At bed. Three, six, five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right. Time for our weekly train of thought segment. After a week of uh, hiatus, we had some scheduling conflicts, but Sal Akata from WFAN Radio SNY TV in New York is back. Sal, how are you? Good. Good to be back with you. I miss you. I didn't realize I was getting texts from my buddies. Oh, where were you? I was like, dude, it was one week. Like, it, I didn't even think people cared. People missed you. <laughs> yeah. People missed but you. But they do love, you know, the Nance and Buck episode in particular. I've gotten a lot of feedback on that one. That was a great, and even me, I enjoyed listening to that one. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was, that was a good episode where we had uh, Roman Reigns. Someone, someone on YouTube, a wrestling fan, took a five-minute clip, or maybe three-minute clip, of my interview with Roman Reigns, posted it themselves, and got 500,000 views on YouTube from it. Wow. So, I, I hope you guys at SI got as many as that. 500,000? No. No. <laughs> was, the guy's clip was five minutes of Roman Reigns. So those wrestling fans, they're rabid out there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, 
every single radio show and podcast in America are going to do like, oh, what are the prop bets you're betting or what are the best props, blah, blah, blah. So I figured, okay, we'll we'll do the cliche thing here. Have you scouted any of the props for the Super Bowl? I, I did. Now I don't know about you, I, and I know you sometimes play the props. Like I've seen you tweet about it. We talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I am not a big prop better. However, in the Super Bowl, it's a little different. The one thing that I was looking for would be a price. I look for like interesting, unique, fun bets, and then a price. Listen to this one that I've never seen before: clock management props. Are you familiar with this? No. Where Me is this? Neither. What site is this on? Is this FanDuel? Okay. This is FanDuel. Now, on yeah, the yeah. site that I normally use, I don't even know like what props yeah, are realistic, yeah. but I was just searching through different ones. So clock management. And there's one that says, all right, who, t- team to have more time of possession, whatever. A Rams minus 130, Bengals right. plus 106. Interesting, but whatever. This is the one that I found fascinating. LA Rams to use all six timeouts in regulation. Yes is plus 270. And the Bengals to use all six timeouts in regulation, yes, is plus three sixty. I found I that mean, interesting. You definitely bet both and hope you hit one. And exactly, yeah. that's exactly right. You're getting good odds. What are the odds that neither team is going to use all six timeouts? I'm not shocked they offer that because they they pretty much offer every single thing imaginable in the Super Bowl. And I don't see those to me are a little. I'll do the coin flip for shits and giggles, and I'll what do, do you the go an- the length of the anthem. What, what do you go with the coin flip? You have the same thing every year. You change. I it? mix it up. Okay. I mix it up. Whatever. I usually go heads. But I for the Super Bowl, I love betting the game props more than anything else. I mean, I so I looked at it quickly, didn't fully study, but a bunch of them caught my eye already. Um, Cooper Cup longest reception, twenty eight and a half yards. I love that over. Okay. The over is minus 140 on that one. Um, over three and a half rushing yards for Jamar Chase. So to me, you need one reverse in that game. And he. That's he an t- interesting one. Yeah. What's you have um, mix in numbers? I, I don't have them written okay, down. They're on the up. site. Um, over one and a half sacks for the Bengals. Stafford can't move. I would, I would, I like you minus 150, but I like that one. Stafford picks, now that you mentioned, I think I'm going to take the over, whatever that is. And you and I are both in agreement there with Stafford always being a disaster at times. And here's one if you want to just take a flyer on value to throw 10 bucks on it. Overtime, plus 1950. Every playoff game has been close. Every playoff game has been close. Somebody texted me that saying the way that this year has gone, this game is definitely going overtime. And that's great. great And then the last one, which is the one I think I love the most out of every single prop bet, is over one and a half field goals for the Bengals. McPherson's a that's stud. it. That's what, what, it. Minus, what's the minus one fifteen? Even so, that's not that bad. It's not bad at all. Money. Nope, I'm all in on that one. That's for sure. That is for sure. Um, they do the. I'm just looking at this site. Running back, receiving props, but then it's like the verses. I don't want the mixing versus acres. I just want mixing over yardage receiving. Uh, maybe to score. I don't know. There's so there's a billion, and that's kind of right. where I get myself into trouble. You know me; I could be reckless with this stuff. So where there's, you know, I get antsy. Like there, there's so many. Oh yeah, I like this. I like that. Like, and the more you bet, the more you're going to lose. And then if they're 130, 150, 160 at a clip, before you know it, you, you, even if you win four of the bets, you're you're still down money. So I got to be careful and pick my spots. And generally, I'm going to look for something that's either plus money or kind of even. I think I may go Stafford over ints though, because I, I think he's gonna. Make some mistakes in this one. That clip where you say I get reckless is going to be the one I pull for, <laughs> for Twitter, just so you know. 
Um, I, I actually, I think it's ridiculous. Everything that's offered. It's, it's way too overwhelming. I can't, it's just too much. That's why I just stick to the game props. What, uh, so you'll watch the game Sunday with some family members. What's what's the menu? Kind of a low key uh, party here with with just my immediate family. We have uh, I ordered hero traditional. Usually for Super Bowl, I go hero half Italian, half American, four foot, no big deal because not that many people. And then some wings and obviously chips. And my wife's making pigs in a blanket, which is I can't. I don't think there's anything I hate more for any kind of party festivities, barbie, whatever, than a hero. Yeah. I, I hate it. My hate wife it. would agree with you. I for for me, I enjoy it, but generally only for Super Bowl. Like if we were having whatever hosting a party, you know, we we did the community, the, the uh, baptism, whatever the hell it was called back yeah. then, the baby blessing thing. I would never serve hero for that. And even my wife is like, hero, that's what you're doing. But for me, it's like kind of a Super Bowl. I used to cater the parties at the fan when I first started there. I would bring in six foot hero because I used to have to work, so I figured I'd bring the party there. So I don't know. It's just always been a staple for whatever reason. Will you watch the pregame show? Uh, no. I mean, I'll have it on as background noise. Maybe play some video games with my nephew or something. I won't. No, it's too. It's way too. What time does it start? Like three o'clock, two o'clock? The pregame starts at noon. What? On NBC. Yes. Noon. Now, who's NBC. doing it? NBC. Like, not not Rico and they have eight million. Tony Dungy, Rodney so The main crew and, is going to be going from 12 o'clock on? Well, they have 50 people on the NBC pregame show. The, right. Chris Collinsworth's kid and, and Maria Taylor and um, they trot someone else out. Chris Sims, Florio. Right. Probably okay. King. Yeah. Rodney Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. yeah I, Drew Brees. No, I will not be watching that. Will I'll you bet the anthem length? Uh, I don't know who's singing it. I've, I've never heard of the person. I don't think me either. Yeah, I have never heard of the person either. And that makes me think that I'm really old. You know what I want to bet is I saw some halftime props, like which song will Eminem start with? Who yeah, will, yeah, yeah. who's going to open? Maybe I'll get into that because I'm, you know, I like Eminem. I like the halftime act. So maybe I'll get into that. I will not bet the anthem uh, in this case. If I knew who it was, maybe, but no. And it really The person matter. singing the anthem is Mickey Guyton. Now, who well, is that? I, I have no, it says here country singer. So that explains oh, okay. why I've never heard of the person. Right. Um, so I don't I'm not familiar with that person at all. The halftime show. Yeah, because they usually have like I know the, like, will they curse? Will there be a wardrobe malfunction? What will, song? Will, politi- will Eminem make a political statement was one that I saw. And I listen, the, they're not going to do anything because they wouldn't have gotten the gig if the NFL thought they, the NFL made them, I'm sure, sign all these documents saying they're not doing anything like that. Right. But it is Eminem. I mean, when does he listen to that? And what constitutes as a political statement? Anyway, that was one. Like, I don't even I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. But who, what song they do or who starts it, you know, is, is Kendrick Lamar or Mary J going to start? Whatever. I think that that could be interesting. And even with that, though, it's just it's, it's such mm-hmm. crap shoots. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I'm not. I don't like betting those. Those are too bizarre for me. Um, yeah, I remember years ago when Katy Perry was like, which song is she going to open with? Roar. Well, so si- are- since since we were talking about the Super Bowl halftime show, let me transition into this. Because with no football this weekend for the first time since September, basically August, if you count college football, no football the entire weekend. I went on a binge marathon. And one of the things I watched was the Janet Jackson four-part documentary. 
and was very disappointed in the coverage of the halftime. I, I wanted more. They didn't give us a ton on it. It's really more about Janet Jackson's career, which was very interesting. And she got shafted so badly. It was, I mean, for her to basically get blackballed after that Super Bowl show was absurd. She totally got shafted. She's had an unreal career. Great songs, great catalog. But that documentary didn't give me enough on, on the Super Bowl controversy with well, Justin. We Timberlake. just saw a documentary on the Super Bowl. I wouldn't have minded more on that. I loved that special. So you I, did? I was into it. Oh, yeah. Well, I love, I'm a big Janet fan. And I thought yeah, behind but, the scenes like her, you know, th there was some excellent footage in there and things that I didn't. I agree know. with all that. I agree. Everything on her career was great. Right. I wanted more on the Super Bowl. I thought that was going to be what the gist of the show was, but it wasn't at all. Right. It's really and about her, her career. Her response, you know, she she acknowledged it, or but but didn't really give a definitive answer one way or another on exactly what happened. She said there. it was an accident. She took the That's high road. Said. She said it was yeah. an accident. Okay, right. so how did it happen? Yeah. Well, exactly. And right. you, we would have liked some more details, but she didn't want to get yeah. into it. And maybe she didn't want to throw anybody under the bus. But you're right. The fact that she got blackballed the way she did for that was ridiculous. Ridiculous. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The other thing I binged that I thought was I was riveted to was on Showtime. There's also, I think it's four parts on Bill Cosby. Oh, and I didn't see made, that. I didn't even know about that. Excellent. What well is done. it? So what does it go into? His it goes whole every, career? His career, what he meant for black comedians and, the, and basically the entire black community. And then his, you know, how he became a star in the 70s, the shows he did, how he transformed into sort of an educator, the Cosby show, then all the allegations. Then he goes to jail. One, the women come out. Everyone has the same story about how he drugged them. And oh, my how God. he did it. And this is going then, on forever, like through his whole career. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh pretty much. God. And the one thing I had um, forgotten about or maybe didn't process was also like post Cosby show late in his life. He really began speaking out about uh, people not um, doing the right thing or not behaving properly. And, he, you know, he was saying, like, take care of your kids. And all. I, I had forgotten that he had grown into sort of that kind of person. So it, the whole thing was really well. It was really well done by by um, by Showtime. And, 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 and how many hours it. is this? Four. It's parts? four episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to probably sign up for Showtime just to watch that. I'd be intrigued. Yeah. Then I watched the first three episodes of the Pam and Tommy thing oh, on Hulu. Crap. Where's that on again? That's on Hulu. Hulu. Okay, I got to put that on the list. And that was ridiculous. No good? <laughs> Don't waste okay. my time? Good's not the... No, no. It's like I went into it thinking like it would be sort of like how the sex tape got out, how it got on the internet, what it did to that. Like 
and it, well, it's, it's really not a, about it's not it's a about, documentary, right? It's actors playing, right? Which I hate. Right. That's cheesy. Well, it, well, the word that you just said is the word to describe every second of this show. Cheese. cheese. It's cheese. Every single thing is cheese. The entire. Now, listen. I got a kick out of it, and it was kind of amusing because you know that was a time when I don't know. I guess I was in college, so you know it was a huge story. You know, Tommy, I mean, I've heard Tommy Leon Stern a million times, Pamela Anderson, there's stuff about the Baywatch in there where she had like this big dramatic scene and they cut it because she can't act. It was, you know, there's some (laughs) interesting stuff, but it was not what it's you have to go into. Here's the thing. It's about your mind. First of all, I tweeted this. I thought it was a two hour movie. It's eight episodes, which is too many. And there's only three out right now. And then they come out, I think, every Wednesday. They're each an hour. Way too many. Yeah, like 40 minutes. Way too many. So I went into it thinking two hour movie and now it's like eight episodes. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want to be dealing with this. You have to go into it. No one is going to be cheese and almost like a character of everything. And then it's fine. OK, I mean, I, I still might check it out, but uh, I don't know. The, the, the fact that it's so cheesy, the fact that it's not a real documentary and that it's eight episodes. Am I really going to waste you know six hours of my life or whatever it is on it? And then the other thing I watched was the tuck rule. 30 for 30 ESPN. Did you watch that? No, I got to put this on my list too. I, I'm hoping I could get it on demand and not have to do the ESPN plus thing. I heard it was great though. Was it good? How do you not have ESPN plus? I just, I don't want more stuff. I want less yeah, stuff. I've told you this before. There's a bundle, Hulu, ESPN plus Disney plus. You get all three for like $13 I had Disney. a month. I pay for Disney. I get Hulu through my sister and then I don't have ESPN. Just plus, get the so. bundle. You get yeah, all well, yeah, but listen to what you say. Somebody else told me about the Joe Montana special that's on Peacock. Now I got to get Peacock back again because I canceled that because I'm not watching anything that's on there. Now I got to get Showtime because I want to see the Cosby thing. Now I have to get ESPN plus because I want to see the talk rule. You're talking about 20, 30 bucks a month. Anyway, the tuck roll was good. I enjoyed it. I love seeing Brady in those situations. But if you didn't see it, I don't want to spoil it for you. But the, the last minute of the tuck roll focuses on Walt Coleman, who made the call in that game. Okay. I, can't, I still can't believe what was said and what I saw. Okay. The last minute of the tuck roll, you have to watch that. All right. I'm and definitely going to check that out. It's on my list. The Patriots throw a party every time Walt Coleman calls one of their games. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Is he a big Pats fan? Well, he's a ref. He can't be a fan, but yeah, well, that last minute is very suspect. Did you? So, did you watch anything this weekend with no football? What did you do? Over yeah, there? I did. We watched Ozark, okay, which I'm sure you're that. not into. You're not no. into Ozark, right? I watched. I haven't watched. I watched House of Gucci. Familiar no, with that, Lady Gaga? Yeah, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. She wasn't that great, and I like Lady Gaga. She wasn't that great. An interesting story, but I wasn't. You know, didn't yeah. love it. Um, I'm pretty sure that was it. There may have been, you know, you know look, we're watching 90 Day Fiance crap like that oh, that's on DVR. God. Yeah, I know. That's rough. That's rough. <laughs> I I did the dishes for the first time on a Sunday in like 22. That was weeks. a great tweet. That was a great tweet. I mean, that it's true, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, it's four o'clock on a Sunday. What am I doing washing dishes? This is, yeah. and you know, my wife is excited now because she knows after Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday's a party anyway, so that doesn't even really count. That's yeah. it. I'm back two days a week. I'd rather do dishes <laughs> than watch 90 Day Fiance. That's just me. <laughs> that is um, true. We've gotten some reviews lately. I'm going to read some of them here because we haven't done that in a while. We'll, we'll do this for a couple of minutes and then wrap mm-hmm. it up. Because I, I want if someone leaves a review, I want to be able to read it. Um, so let me read the couple that came in last week. 
Got one here from Dan Corrado. I've rated and reviewed this podcast about six times. It's in my weekly rotation. Jimmy is awesome. He's funny. He's authentic. He asks for more reviews. He gets more reviews. Yeah, it would be nice. I don't need Jimmy's awesome. If it, just leave the review. That's what helps. I appreciate that. That's a good job right there. And uh, yes, being in the weekly rotation, that, that's all I need. Uh, we got one here from a guy who, or woman, who left a name with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. So hmm. top five weekly pod. Jimmy does a great job. Great interview. Great guest. Okay. Top, that's good. Top five weekly pod. That's it. Um, maybe this is all the same person here. Royce says always look forward to jimmy's potty treat great guests great conversation see so people, that's what i need okay so does it rate and review that's what matters if the rate at the yeah. five stars and just write whatever review yeah okay um this one is off of last week's interview with brian curtis from the ringer outstanding interview jimmy always brings a fun and interesting approach to his interviews and content and the insights and opinions between jimmy and brian on the topics they cover in the show it makes for a great listen that was a really good pod if you're into sports media if you missed it last week the brian curtis one. now here we go we've got World B Deves, Jimmy and Sal give me a taste of New York every week. Taking my son for spring break, spring break to NYC to eat pizza. Where do we go? Chris in San Antonio. Joe's Pizza, Carmine Street. That's where you go. The, the best pizza I've ever had was with you, and it was in Brooklyn. Defara Pizza. That was Defara. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was, I remember the day vividly. You came and met me in the city, took the subway there. Uh, it was the best. I still crave it to this day. I've never been back. The far is in Brooklyn is excellent. And I loved it that day. But there's been many stories about them getting the bad rating. And it makes me a little queasy. What I do you try mean? Not to think about it. You know, like they had to get shut down. I think once they got like F's for the. Really? The, uh, yeah. You know what? As good as that pizza re- was, I couldn't care what rats are going right. in and out of there. I love, love that crap. I mean, watching I, that old guy, you know, work yeah. over the stove like that was tremendous. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with that. The pro, it's a show in and of itself. But I would go to Joe's Carmine. I think it's Carmine Street. Let me make sure though. Um, it's I get the all mixed up. There's so many good ones in. It's Joe's Pizza. Of course, now I'm not going to be able to find it. Oh, Car- yeah, down- Carmine, Carmine Street. Carmine Street. Down so by where we go. work, like near Four World no, Trade, or oh, okay. no, it's more like Midtown. Okay. Um, and then the last review, solid host and guest. This is a well-done podcast, high-level name. Most weeks, great in-depth analysis of both action and the technical sides of sports. All right, so I appreciate all that. And if you're listening, keep them coming. We need that. Um, and then the other thing was I went, on the, I went on Twitter to ask who people wanted on the podcast this week. And this is what's funny about Twitter. So, a couple of, so it, this was a very difficult week to book the podcast because everyone in sports media is out in L.A., I was very lucky. Boomer Sice, and they didn't go. He didn't go to L.A., so he was able to come on, which was great. I initially, so people, I asked people, who would you want on this week? And I thought, and this is my mistake. You really got to spell it out on Twitter. You can't leave anything up to sort of right. interpretation. Because my thinking was, who do you want on this week? Because it's Super Bowl week, and people are writing back like Jeff Pass, Jeff Pass, Jeff Pass, and I'm oh, yeah, like, yeah. no, that's not the week for it. Or you know, give me something on the baseball strike. It's you know, I, so we did get you know. People were asking for Chris Collinsworth, who's calling. I now I asked for Collinsworth because he's calling the game. Got rejected, so that's fine. It happens. Everyone wants Francesa on this podcast. Oh, I don't think on, Mike would ever do happen. it. If you do that, can we do a three way? I got to get. Uh, we we got to do that. We got to. I, I don't think why would I mean I I think I've written negative things about Mike over the years that I don't think he'd want to come on. Of course much. he'd come on. Hundred percent he would that. come on. 
Tons of people wanted J.D. Harmeyer from the Howard Stern Show on this show this week because <laughs> we covered it sense. last week with Joe Buck. There was a big bet on the Stern Show. J.D.'s a huge Bengals fan. But the Stern crew, they're not allowed to do outside interviews. They, they're uh, only for Howard. So I would love to have J.D. on. I love J.D., but no one from Stern, even if it's Gary, they don't do outside interviews. By the way, that was my best, uh, my favorite part of that podcast where Buck finished with, uh, are you going to na- ask Nance all this shit? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> That was good. I, love, I freaking love Joe yeah. Buck, man. He's great. <laughs> a lot of people ask for Schrager and Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football. They're on all the time and they're in L.A. and they're doing their show live at 445 in L.A. So I didn't want to ask them to come on this week. A lot of people ask for Dog. Dog, dog is it Chris Russo. He's in L.A. And then the, I was surprised how many people wanted like baseball people on. I'm like, there's plenty of time for baseball. So right. I just wanted to get that out there for people. who I appreciate the response. I appreciate the suggestions. That's sort of, I want to give you a little insight as to why someone wouldn't come on or didn't come on um, this week. So, but we had a good boomers. Episode. I mean, boomers yeah. a great get. So you're lucky he didn't go to the Super Bowl. Exactly. So it was a good episode with boomer and Sal. So Sal, enjoy the Super Bowl. Good luck with the props. Don't get out of control. Yeah. Don't get yeah. reckless. A couple of wagers, low figures. <laughs> Keep it that way. You yeah. too. I'll talk to you on the All other right. side. Yeah. Take it easy. All right. My thanks to Boomer Esiason and Sal Licata for Train of Thoughts this week. Before I let you go, just a reminder, if you missed any recent episodes, dip into the archives and check those out. Brian Curtis from The Ringer last week on a slew of sports media topics. Had a mega episode two weeks ago with Roman Reigns from WWE, Joe Buck, Jim Nance. So uh, scroll Check those out. Subscribe, rate, and review. I'll I'll try to read the review uh, on the pod one week. And uh, that's it. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. Stay safe and take care. And we'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.